0: to continue this is literally message nine in the series on the blood covenant and uh i don't know how long we'll go i know next week you know we'll really focus on the on the period of of what we're celebrating uh, of christmas but today we're really talking about it as well because i'm telling you jesus christ the creator of heaven and earth right god took upon himself flesh And came and dwelt among us so that he could redeem us from spiritual death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, so that he could deliver us out of the delegated influence of darkness and put us in the kingdom of his dear son. Today, I want to talk to you about some things uh, that are so very important in your walk with God. So this will really equip you. So I want to encourage you, get hungry, stir yourself we're going to jump off in John chapter John chapter 8 verse 36. You all know this verse. It's very clear, but this is a foundation that you need to have revelation knowledge of. It's not enough for the word of God to just hit your mind. It's got to dawn on your spirit. You have to get revelation knowledge of it. You have to experience the light of the Word of God coming out of your heart so that you can... Because, see, the Holy Spirit wants to bring knowledge to you, greater knowledge, revelation knowledge. It's much greater than natural knowledge. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, what does it say? You shall be free indeed. Well, we have a lot of scriptures that told us that the Son came... And he made us free. So what that means is, as you're sitting here today, I don't care what the circumstances of your life are, you have been made free. There's no addiction, there's no bondage, there's no defeat, there's no weakness, there's no fear. None of that is in you. Do you understand that? You're a spirit. Your spirit has been made free. God has placed his spirit in your spirit, so that you can freely know all that he's given you, right? He's given us his word so that we can renovate our thinking and think differently, literally think like him. See, and and this is, we're going to kind of get into this a little bit, but you right now believe what you are seeing. It's the way you're made. Whatever you see is what you're going to believe. So it's important that you see correctly, okay? So 1 Peter, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation... Received by tradition from your fathers. You were not redeemed with anything that was corruptible. But, verse 19, you could say it this way. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? We celebrate Christmas and you could see this baby laying in a manger was the Lamb of God that would literally take away the sin of the whole world. Break Satan's power. Reveal the Father to mankind as never before. I love that. Jump down to verse 23 and it says this, being born again, Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So when I look at these scriptures right here, I see that I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Redeemed. It means that a ransom was paid, a price was paid, to take me out of one place and to put me into another place. And the Bible is very clear, we were taken out of the delegated influence, the kingdom of darkness, and we were placed into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Verse 23 says, "We were born again, right? Born again. I love that. That word again, you know what it means? It means from above. We were born from above by what? By the incorruptible seed of the word of God. We understand how conception happens. The male seed conceives a child. Our father's seed is the incorruptible word of God. We were conceived by his seed. What happened was you were going through life. You were dead, you were separated from God, and all of a sudden, one day, the Holy Spirit got you in a position where he woke your conscience up, no matter where you were, whether somebody was telling you about Jesus, whether you were in a service, a Sunday school. For me, it was in a Sunday school class. I was four and a half years old. And for some reason, God was able to wake up my conscience and say, Tony, you need Jesus. After church that day, I walked into the kitchen of our two-bedroom apartment in Chicago on the northwest side, right? I'll be like Brother Hagan and in, Giddings and Austin Street, right? And I walked up to my mom, who was sitting at the kitchen table, and I said, Mom, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior, right? I didn't understand the lordship thing. I was four and a half years old. I didn't even understand the Savior thing. I just knew I needed him, right? So what happened was, what did I do? My mom prayed with me, right? Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. I believe that God, your Father, raised you from the dead, and you're alive today in heaven. And now I ask that you come into my heart, make me new, right? Be my Lord, be my Savior. However I prayed as a little four-and-a-half-year-old little boy. And when that happened, see, what conceived it? It's, I was conceived. I, was, I, I, I became born from above. I became God's own child by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. So this is what this is talking about. Colossians explaining this now. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 it starts to explain what actually happened. It says giving thanks. It's the Greek word eucharisto. You are to live a eucharisto life. That means constantly giving thanks. Man, I'm telling you, you don't have any problems. You're born again. And and when you realize all that you've been given in Christ and how that it answers every need in your life forever, Constantly giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us. This word made us is the, is the Greek word kazoo. It means he's qualified us, meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Isn't that amazing? I'm constantly giving thanks to the Father because he has literally qualified me and made me able to partake of every, all the inheritance that I've been given in Christ, which is everything. Wow. If you were to take all these Greek words, the literal meaning of this verse means constantly offering thanks unto God, unto the Father who hath qualified us, able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Verse 13, And this is what we just talked about, about redeemed. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. If you take all those Greek words, the literal meaning of this verse, because it's in the Aorist tense, it would read like this. Who hath once and for all. This is a one-time thing. Who hath once and for all delivered us out of the authority of darkness and hath transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. How did he do that? How was he able to do that? A ransom had to be paid. Because the wages of sin is death and we were all born in sin. Adam's sin and then our sin because we were spiritually dead. So someone had to die. What was the ransom? It was the very life of God. Well, it says, but by his blood, not by his life. No, no, no. Leviticus 17, if you go back to message one of the blood covenant, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus shed his blood. It cost God his life to redeem you. So you are once and for all out of the delegated influence of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That should just make you just go, you know what? I am not putting up with Satan stuff anymore. Because the price was paid, and it was a huge price. Verse 14, in whom, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. He says it again, even the forgiveness of sins. So now we go into this. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, okay, so his blood eradicated sin, but it says even the forgiveness. But New Testament word for forgiveness is remission. It's the Greek word ephesis. So it would read like this, even the or ephesis or really probably aphesis of sin a thesis it's a lot more than just forgiveness it literally means forgiveness it means cancellation of the the penalty of sin which is death all of it has been canceled death has no part in your life you have sickness and disease in your body today it's illegal He's an outlaw. He's trying to kill you, and he has no authority to do it. You you have poverty and lack in your life today? It's illegal. Why? Because we've been redeemed by his blood, and we have been given a thesis, the remission of sin. Forgiveness and a cancellation of the policy, and as if that's not enough, here is the big one. And the removal of the guilt shame and condemnation that sin brings so not only did he forgive me it's gone he canceled the penalty so now death cannot legally come into my life right now satan knows you have an unredeemed body it's subject to sickness and disease it's subject to death we live in an unredeemed world this is this is not a safe place right right But it can be for a child of God who knows who they are. And there is no place in your life now for guilt, shame, and condemnation because you've been forgiven. You've been the, the remission of your sins. All the guilt has been stripped. How do you still feel guilty? Satan will throw thoughts and get you to take them so that you feel guilty But really, that's in your unrenewed mind. Your spirit doesn't feel guilty. And if you renew your mind with the word of God through meditating in the word, it will permanently change your thinking so that you can walk free from guilt and shame and condemnation. Wow. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Wow. So literally, verse 14, again, you break down all these Greek words, it would read like this. In whom we possess redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness, the cancellation of the penalty, and the removal of the guilt, shame, and condemnation of sins. Wow. His blood, in other words, Has produced a perfect righteousness in me. A righteousness that I did not produce. I didn't produce it. I couldn't produce it. His blood produced it. It's not about my behavior, it's about his behavior. Well, you gotta understand that. So now in your life, the power of sin is broken. Oh, an addiction. A sin habit can feel so strong, but it has no power. It's all, it's a paper kingdom. It's deception. That's all it is. And you can renew your mind and completely, all of a sudden, the word of God literally rips out that thing out of your mind and you go from thinking you're bound to, oh my goodness, wait a minute, that's nothing in my life anymore. Right? There's so many good programs out there that help people get free. But you know, sometimes to be politically correct, we just want to throw some things in there, right? And if you, if you like AA is a perfect example, right? You know, uh, I'm familiar with that. My dad, his brothers, they all, my uncle dealt with that right? Uh, There's Al-Anon where where family members, I think, can go and and learn some things. But what I greatly disagree with, with AA, is the first thing that that they'll say is I'll stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. Whoa, time out. No, 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 no. No, if you're a Christian, you need to say, nope, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm free from it, right? If you have trouble with any addiction, I'm telling you, if you have trouble with drinking, while you're taking the drink, you need to keep in your mouth Father, I thank you that I'm free from alcohol and you won't be drinking long. If you have trouble with smoking, right? Oh, Pastor, don't talk about this stuff because, you know, I just feel like a bad Christian because I smoke. No, you're not a bad Christian. There is no bad Christians. If you've been born again, you are holy, acceptable, righteous. Stop beating yourself up because the shame of it will drag you back in. But why you light up the cigarette? Father, I thank you that I'm free Amen. from smoking. You won't be smoking long. Because the power of sin is broken. God looks at you as if sin never existed in your life. Now there's one thing about God, he does not live in denial. Okay? He's not from Egypt. He doesn't live in denial. You get that? You get that? Right? No, 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 no. The reason why God looks at you as if sin has never existed before, because in your life, if you're a child of God today, sin has never existed in your life. That you're not an old sinner saved by grace. No, no, no. You were an old sinner. That one's dead and gone, and you are a new creature in Christ. You have no sin past. What? But but Pastor, you don't know what I did this morning. Right? Jesus, all of it, was once and for all condemned in his body. So all of it's been taken care of. Sinful or unrighteous behavior now, why does that happen? Because you haven't renewed your mind and your a desire in your flesh will side with your unrenewed mind take your spirit captive into a behavior. And if that's you today, all you have to do is go to God. 1 John 1, 9, you confess it. And he's faithful and just. He has a legal right to forgive you and to cleanse you of all the unrighteousness. Notice it doesn't say, and I'll forgive you and cleanse you of all the unrighteousness and make you righteous again. It doesn't say that because if you cleanse if I, if I do an unrighteous or a sinful behavior and I'm cleansed from that, guess what's underneath that? I'm righteous. Amen. So in other words, 1 John 1, 9 is for the purpose of me maintaining fellowship with my father, it has nothing to do with relationship because I'm born again. Amen. I never stop being his kid, right? When you are blood conscious, you will no longer be sin conscious, There's no middle ground, right? So verse 20, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Having made peace through his blood, through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile, this means to call back into union all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. See, through the blood of the cross, there was a blood covenant that was made between God and the last Adam, whose name is Jesus Christ. It all happened through the blood of his cross. And we are in Christ, so we are included in that covenant. You have a covenant with God, and Jesus is the guarantee. Wow. See... Do you know what this means? And this is, you have to preach this. This means that God has made a decision to see you through the blood, not, by, not through your behavior. God doesn't see you through your behavior. Now, if you have sinful or unrighteous behavior, it affects fellowship with him. It, it, it keeps him from really getting anything over to you. So walking in obedience is very important, right? It's very important and you can't do it unless you know who you are in Christ. Unless see the only way to walk free from sin is not to just suck it up and get really tough and try to overcome it. No. To overcome sin, you have to know that you're righteous. And the more the more knowledge of that that you gain, you all of a sudden now when you know you're righteous, guess what flows out of righteousness? Holiness. Your behavior. Right? So verse 21, And you, who were sometimes afar, or sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. He called you back into union. He restored favor and peace in your relationship with him. Wow. See, what did that? The power of the cross. Verse 22. In the, so let me read verse 21 again. And you who that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled, how? In the body of his flesh through death. It came through the death of Jesus Christ. Now he was able to, through the death of the cross, he was able to present you, look at this, holy, unblameable, And unreprovable, this means unaccused, in his sight. See, the blood of Jesus Christ, it speaks right now. It's speaking of a death that was paid for you. A death that happened for you. That's why your your inheritance is released, because a death took place. The blood of Christ speaks of a death that took place for you and I. So now as you're sitting here today if you're born again, the Bible says in his sight you are unreprovable. That means not not just unaccusable, literally unaccused. There is nothing that you could be accused of now. You are holy. You are unblamable. Has Satan ever tried to blame you? Or let's, let's go to the number one person who tries to blame you. Have you ever tried to blame yourself? Yeah. Accuse yourself? Beat yourself up? Those days have to be gone if you believe the Bible. If Jesus is your Lord. Thank God. Right? I love this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what do you do with all this? You live your life pleading the blood, right? The blood speaks of a death that has taken place for you. And as you plead the blood, what happens is your inheritance is released. This is why many people are not walking in the blessings of God. They don't understand this. They're they're trying to walk this faith life by spending three minutes a day with God once in a while and living their own life and doing their own thing. Don't tell me, Pastor, what to do. I'm never gonna help out in church. I'm never, don't tell, don't, that Pastor Dave, can you talk to him? Tell him to stop talking about money because it's my money and I'm not giving it, right? I apologize, I'm never gonna stop him from doing that. Just come a little bit later, right? You're probably already, if you're not honoring God in your finances, you're probably having trouble to even get in church on time. Just come like 15, 20 minutes later, you won't even have to deal with it. Right? No, literally, God loves you so much. So now when you have a situation in your life, sickness attacking your body, sickness attacking your children, sickness in your household, have you noticed This latest thing that's going around, man, it stinks. It goes from person to person to person to person. And it's like there's sickness in your house for like a month. See, Satan's out, he's working. And you got to stand up and say no while your head's about to explode, while you're coughing and hacking up. You got to sit here, "Uh, uh, uh, I thank you that I'm healed. Right? Now, Satan, I plead the blood. And the blood, when I plead it, it, it from the mercy seat in heaven, right by the throne of God, it speaks of a death that took place for you and then your inheritance is released and the healing power of God comes. It, that's the way it works in everything. See, this, the blood, it is what brings us into the very presence of God with no sense of guilt, no sense of inferiority, It brings us into the presence of God literally as if sin never existed because in your life it's never existed. Wow. So Hebrews chapter 9. You ready for Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. It says, neither by... You could say it this way. The Greek word is more probably accurately translated through. Neither by or through... The blood of goats and calves, like in the Old Testament sacrifices. But by or through his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He purchased yours and my eternal freedom. And he only had to enter in once. He took his own blood into that tabernacle in heaven and he as our high priest put his blood on the mercy seat in heaven and it will forever speak that we are forever his. Eternal freedom. That's why it says, whoever the son shall make free is free. So you are free today. Rejoice in your freedom. Say this with me. In Christ, in Christ is, where I am. is where I am. Therefore, Therefore I, am I am free. free. <laughs> Say that again. I am free, I am in, free. Jesus in Jesus' name. I am free I am from free. poverty and lack poverty in and Jesus' name. Jesus. I am free I am from free. sickness and disease in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I am free from every addiction in Jesus' name. I am free from emotional torment, fear, anxiety, depression, terror, in Jesus' name. That's who you are. Hallelujah. See, you and I have been redeemed by his blood. This is not some little thing. His blood... Again, it produces a perfect righteousness in us, right? That perfect righteousness, it breaks condemnation. It destroys it. Hallelujah. It breaks everything that would mess with your mind. Perfect righteousness. Nothing in Christ can mess with your mind anymore. And we're going to teach you about something which we call meditating in the Word of God, right? Meditation in God's Word. What is that, right? It's a spiritual or it's a, it's a God-given process that causes a spiritual experience when light just explodes out of the Word of God on the inside of you which enables you to permanently have your thinking changed, permanently. These lies can't live in the light of the Word of God. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. The power of sin is broken. Sin consciousness is broken off of you right now. All guilt and shame and condemnation is broken off of you. So God looks at you as if sin never existed. Isn't that good news? He sees it as it really is. And he wants you to see that too. So therefore, what? I have faith in the blood. All of my faith, all of my trust is in the blood. And I'm no longer moved by what I see. I'm no longer moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what he said in his word and what he did for me, you ready for Hebrews nine thirteen? Yeah. It says, "For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, you know what that means, right? We went through this thing about a year ago. The ashes of a heifer for the first time in two thousand years they have five red heifers in Israel. Why is that important? And to, since the time of Jesus, see what they would do is they would offer a red heifer. It had to be, it had to be perfect. And they've been looking for one for 2,000 years. But guys, we're living at the end of the church age. The temple could not be rebuilt, which we're going to see in the from heaven in the tribulation period. Couldn't be built because there was not since Jesus' time, no priest has been cleansed, no no no, no tools of the temple, the temple itself could not be cleansed, because it was all cleansed with the sprinkling of a heifer. It had to be a perfect one. And for the first time in 2,000 years, there are five of them in Israel right now. So now, once they're of age, they will be able to be sacrificed, they're, they, a burn offering, they will be killed their bodies will be burnt down to ashes and those ashes of those heifers can now, they mix it with water and they sprinkle it over the high priest and he, according to the law, is now clean. Right? See, we don't have to deal with that because Jesus, Jesus did this for us. We're clean. But, but, you know, the Old Testament stuff and God still owes Israel seven years of Old Testament stuff. It's called the tribulation. Last three and a half years, wow, great tribulation, right? So this is what this is talking about right now. They would, they would sprinkle things. Now they, they're going to be able to purify everything. Man, you watch. The, I mean, the temple institute is exploding in wanting to build this temple, I mean, they want to they start sacrifices again. They, they're training all the Levites. They got all the clothes. It would take hardly any time to build this temple because it's already mostly built. It's modular. It's kind of amazing, right? I have a feeling that there's going to be a guy that's going to pass a peace treaty for seven years that's going to allow it to be built. Well, again, we'll see that from heaven. That's how close we are. But that's what it's talking about. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, look at what it does, it purges or it cleanses what? Your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It is amazing to me that this has happened and there are so many Christians that are so flesh ruled that they won't do anything for God. And it's like, wait a minute, your conscience has been purged. If you don't have a burning desire to serve the Lord, to get involved in your church, to share the gospel, you don't know who you are. And boy, pastors, don't say that because you'll upset people. Man, I would rather get you a little riled up right now than have you all of a sudden hear a trumpet. You're standing before the Lord who redeemed you and you're shrinking back on a day that you should be so happy because you live for yourself. Why does a Christian not know that? It's because they're living for themselves. Why? Because they're looking at natural things. It's consuming their life and they believe what they see. Oh, that pastor, you know, pastor just calm down you don't need to be so you know this is this is it's it's okay no it's not okay guys what we're going to be facing in 2024 and beyond until we hear a trumpet people are going to get washed away by some of the crazy stuff going on in this world it burns in my heart you must you must you must this is coming to an end. You're a little playing with the flesh. Having God as a little side thing. Or here's what we do in our word of faith circles. We know how to quote a few scriptures so we walk around thinking we're all spiritual. But we're like little babies. And the minute Satan goes, boo, we get all ticked off. Why did God do this to me? This, this faith stuff doesn't work. We don't say that here because we put on a good act. But in our own personal lives, right? We come here and we're like, oh, you know, Brother Edwin, God is great, God is good. Then we believe, and something happens. We, we hit our finger with a hammer. We're like, F this and da-da-da-da-da. And we're just, you know, and then a pain hits my body and it's like, I'm sick of this stuff. Nothing ever works. I'm stupid. I am never amount. Where did that come from? The sponge gets squeezed. You find out what's inside. Whenever you've done that, have is there any Christian in here who's never done that? I mean, seriously, don't, don't raise your hand, because we'll, we'll pray for liars, okay? We've all been there, but why were we there? Because our sponge wasn't full of something. All you got to do is forget it. Don't No guilt, no shame, no condemnation where you're at. Stop beating yourself up. You just start filling your sponge. And when you get pressed, Jesus will come out. Because it's how you've been made. Because your conscience has been purged. It's just covered up by a whole bunch of junk. How did I get it? None of that is in my notes. I, okay, I better go on. So look at this. Romans chapter 3. Just confess, I love my pastor, right? I'm so glad I came to church today. Bam, 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 right? It's all good. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. It's not my fault, okay? It's just not my fault. You have a pastor that probably has confounded Satan with some of the stupid things he's done because he was running from doing what God wanted him to do. But I have found out who I am, and I found out what the Word says, and I could change everything in my life with His Word. I could even love Brussels sprouts. I just don't want to yet, but I can, okay? Man, So, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. People watching online are going, what's this Brussels sprout thing? And I can't get away from it. I even have a Brussels sprout hanging on my Christmas tree. My lovely daughter-in-law, we won't mention her name, she's just sitting right over there next to my son. With this, just this cute little smile on her face goes... I got you a Christmas present, and I want to give it to you early, orneriness, man, Romans 3, 24, you ready, being justified, that means made righteous, freely, this word freely doesn't just mean without charge, are you ready, this Greek word means without charge and without effort, I've been made righteous without any effort. Didn't cost me anything, and it took no effort. Think about that. We try to do works to be good enough, and God's like, I already made you righteous, and it didn't take any effort. Wow, that's not my opinion. That's Bible. Now being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow. What does this mean? Now my actions don't make me righteous. My faith in Jesus is what makes me righteous. Look at this one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You guys have probably heard this one before, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new and improved creature. Not new and improved, new. New creature, One that's never existed before. A new, this word creature means creation. It means original form. A new species that has never existed before. In other words, you are one of a kind. There will never be another one like you. And your personality, don't beat yourself up for your personality. It's from your father. And if there's an area of your personality that bothers you, it's just because you've let Satan twist it. But God will help you. It says here, old things are passed away. Everything that you were is gone. Behold, all things have become or are become new. For he, verse 21, God the Father, hath made him Jesus. Look at this. To be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made or come to be the very righteousness of Almighty God, freely, without cost, without effort. Wow. So now we're ready to maybe see John 10.10. So now, think about this. The thief, John 10.10, he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus says, I am come that you might have life. Life, zoe is the Greek word, the essence of life that God has and that you might have it more abundantly, which that word more abundantly means superabundance, way more than enough. Wow. See, other religions will come and meet and they will give you lessons and philosophy. Right? What does Jesus give? He gives you life. Every time you come and hear the word of God, you're having life just pumping. The life of God is just pumping in this place, right? He's come to give us life. So I have faith in his blood. I rest my case in his blood. And this brings me to a place where I never doubt and I never waver. That's the strength. See, when you trust God, it means to be totally dependent upon him and nothing else and no one else there is no plan b for me he is my life isaiah 26 verse 3 and 4 says this thou wilt keep him in perfect peace who will he keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on him why Why do we keep our minds stayed on him? Because we trust in him. Wow. Verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This word strength means not only strength, but he's an everlasting refuge. In other words, God wants to take you to the place of perfect peace but he can only take you there if you keep your mind on him. Keeping your mind on God is keeping your mind on his word because his word is him. So the Bible right here is identifying that trusting in God is keeping your mind on him. If you're having trouble trusting, don't beat yourself up. If today you're not trusting God, your mind's not on him. That's all it is. Well, you know how fast you could change your mind to being on something? Right now. But you're going to have to draw from his strength because this is how you're continually strengthened in him. You keep your eyes on him. Right? Circumstances are screaming in your life. Your body might be screaming. Who knows what's, you know, you hear about things happening in your family. No, there is joy and faith in believing. I refuse to look and focus on natural things when my answer is to look at him, to keep my mind on him. What are we talking about? We're talking about you gotta meditate in his word, right? The ability to trust God comes from gaining revelation knowledge of him. Why? Because God and his word are one. Right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. God and his word are one. Verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. See, this is the walk of a Christian. It's a great life to continuously be beholding His glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God. For me, the glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords, who is my Redeemer. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. His eternal name is the Word of God. Wow. Jeremiah chapter 17 Verses 7 and 8 say it this way, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be like a tree planted by waters that spreads out her roots by the river, shall not see when heat comes. Outside circumstances don't ever get my focus because why? I'm trusting in the Lord. My mind is stayed on Him. I'm not focused on all this stuff. People around me are going, aren't you worried? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, look at all this stuff. No, I don't look at it. Right. Well, you're just living in denial. Faith is blind. I, that's not true. I'm living by faith. And faith sees how things really are, not as just how they seem. And this, all this little stuff going on in my life, just hide and watch. You can watch it. I'm not going to. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus, and you will watch it all. Bow to the name of Jesus. Right? It says here, spreads out her roots by the river. Shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf will be green. You'll stay fresh full of joy, full of peace through every trial and circumstance of your life. Why? Because he has overcome them. Do you know how many people are trying to step out and do something in ministry and have no, they're violating the word of God in every way, but they're they're just blind. I'm gonna go do this for God. No, you're not. Let me, let me, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Tony, ministry is so hard. When you're working and I'm not working. Yeah, but I just have this thing in my heart to do. Oh, I don't doubt that there's something that God wants you to do. But if your relationship with him, I mean, I'm amazed that the people, they don't go to church and yet they're going to go in the ministry. You're doing what? You, You can't even go to church, which means you really hardly ever read your Bible and you're definitely not meditating in the word of God. And you're going to, and see, is, is God mad at you? No. He, he's sitting here going, you're walking off a cliff. It's not going to work. Right? Now, now you might have, there might be some fruit that happens because he will confirm his word. But where you are, all ministry flows out of relationship. So if your relationship with him is not, or, you know, you're, and what I mean by relationship, your fellowshipping with him is not intimate. What do you have to give? Why am I saying this? We are living in a crazy church time. We are living in a time that the Bible describes where while we're close to the end and people are heaping up teachers that'll itch their ears, they sit at home and they pick. Oh, the Victory Channel. Man, I love Keith Moore. You wouldn't love him if he was your pastor. Right? But, But he's cool. He's on a TV screen. And I'm in my pajamas, and I could get up, and I could eat breakfast while I'm listening to them, and, you know, or, or you know, all these guys, listen, you'll never get away from doing the word. Well, you know, I just, I, I, I just watch online, because I'm just not led. Here's what we hear, we hear this today. I'm just not led to be at church. You're not, you're not led to be at church? Well, d- what you just said is I don't read my Bible, Right? We got to stop playing games, get our mind on him, because if we don't have our mind on him, we're not trusting him. And if we're not trusting him, our beliefs are going to be all whacked out. Man, I'm just, I'm getting off on this stuff. There are people maybe getting free right now online. There's other people that are shut that thing off. I want to, Joel, I need Joel Osteen. Come on, encourage me. I mean, he's a powerful encourager, right? But I'm your pastor. I encourage you while we just get into it, right? (laughs) But just know if I ever point a finger at you, I'm pointing four back at me because that's the way I live. And I'm not even looking at you and I'm not thinking of anybody. When I preach, I'm thinking about what he wants me to say, right? (laughs) Praise God. The one thing I will say about you, though, is I believe that you all are going to do it. And you're going to finish. And you're going to hear, well done. Good and faithful servant. Right? Don't worry about how you started the race or where you are right now in the race. It's not that. It's how you finish. And we'll finish together. Shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green. Shall Shall not be careful in the year of drought. Inflation goes like this don't care, my giving goes like this, because I'm not careful in the year of drought, because I'm not looking for anything outward to provide for me, I'm looking for the inward, right? Neither shall I ever cease from yielding fruit. See, what this verse tells you is when you trust God, you are empowered to succeed. You want to be at the top of your Game In your career, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your parenting, in every area, you want to succeed in your career, it all comes as you trust God you will be empowered to succeed. Why? Because the blessing of God is released to you when you trust him. You receive everything through faith. So let's get into this mind thing a little bit. Because your thoughts. Proverbs 23 7 is a powerful scripture. It says, For as he, and this word he is talking about all mankind, for as he thinketh in his heart. So this Hebrew word thinketh, it literally means to divide, to cut apart, to open as a gate. The man on the inside is the gatekeeper. He chooses. What, ha- what are we talking about? As you think in your heart, your inner being, this is the word heart. It means what's his thoughts, what's its motions, with its mind, with its soul. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Young's literal translation says it this way. For as he thought in his soul, so is he. You could say it this way. For as you think within yourself, so are you. Right? I think Henry Ford said, didn't he say it this way? If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Right? In other words, what a man believes is where he will end up man, it just seems like I always make the wrong decision. I just, I'm just, I just, it's like I can't, everything I do, I, my timing's wrong, my this is wrong, I'm just not lucky, and, and everything, I, it just doesn't, you better stop thinking like that, because what you're doing is you're handing yourself that. So that's why, that's where you are. But if you start thinking different, you could have a different result. Amen. As powerful as God is, He can only operate in your life based on your beliefs. Well, I believe God heals some and not others. Scary belief. Not biblical, right? God's ability to work through you is based on your beliefs. I have encounters all the time. God opens up doors of utterance to me to people that would just, you would laugh if you saw it, right? Why? Why? Because that's what I think. I thank God every day, Father. I'm available, right? Everywhere I go, Father, I thank you that you're going to leave a fragrance of the knowledge of you and Jesus. I thank you for opening up doors of utterance, man. Use me. I don't care where you want me to go, what you want me to do, who you want me to talk to, right? Because I have the wisdom of God in me that flows out of the Word of God, so. I could talk right on the level of a multi-billionaire and leave that person and go right on the level of a person on death row, a person underneath a bridge. I I mean, whatever. Because let me tell you a secret. You know why you could be on their level all the time? Because all of them are on the same level. They just don't know it. The billionaire who doesn't know God just looks a lot better, has a lot more access. The person on death row, the homeless person who has nothing, it's all the same. They're without God. Bring God into their life and everything will change. Right? The enemy will try to control your life by controlling what you think. Everybody you know who doesn't know Christ, they think they're living their own life, but they're not. Every Christian that is not meditating in the word of God and keeping their eyes on the Lord. Satan is controlling their thought life and it'll mess them up. You gotta understand this. Thoughts are like seeds. So, so words are containers, right? Have you ever seen me do this? It's probably new to all of you. So words are like containers. God's word is a container. It contains his thoughts The water would be his thoughts and their seeds. So as the Holy Spirit opens up the word on the inside of you as a result of you meditating in the word, that's why God gave you this biblical, godly process of meditating, saying the word, muttering it over and over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. As I meditate in it, he opens the word up inside of me. Light comes out, and now the word contains his thoughts, which are like seeds, and they get planted in the soil of my heart. So, so God plants them. He just starts planting them. Boy, I'm so tempted right now. Okay, temptation. I'm getting further away from temptation. There we go. But I'm, I'm planting seeds. And see, what do I do with the seed? I keep watering it. How? With my waterer. Father, I thank you. And see, the word, his, the seeds will start growing my healing, growing the provision. Everything, your heart. Read the parable of the sower. It's so foundational. To change your environment, you first have to change. And here's the big thing. Right now, I just heard in my spirit, some are thinking that they're increasing because things are a little bit better in their life, yet they're still missing it. And today, here's here's how you know if you miss it or not. What are you looking at? What is consuming your life? Think back on the last week. How much time did you spend thinking of you and natural things versus how much time you've spent thinking and speaking about God? And you'll know who you trust, right? See, I must affect my believing and my thinking if I want God to be, act, to be able to actively go with me, face my circumstance, and give me the victory. Now, he's always with me, but I'm talking about actively. In order for him to actually work the circumstance, change it, and give me the victory, I have to affect my own believing and my own thinking. I have to do that. This is why, why is this sovereignty gospel so prevalent? Well, you know, God's sovereign, and he just does whatever he wants to do. Really? Did he really just want you to talk like that? Did he really just want you gossiping? Did he really want you yelling at your kids and yelling at your wife? Did he really want you to not be in the word this week? No, your will trumps him. That's the way he sovereignly set it up. Your will trumps his will in your life. Well, you know, God's sovereign. He heals some and not others. Okay, great. If that's that's really the way he set it up, show me. Because my Bible says he's no respecter of person. That he died for the sins of everybody. That he provided healing for everybody. That every good and perfect gift comes from above. That there's no variableness in him. I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture. But see, why do people sit and not believe it? This is the only reason they're looking at the wrong thing so they just don't believe it. They can't stop looking at some situations that happen. now guys, a lot of this stuff I'm saying, I'm being prophetic. I just hear this in my spirit. They look at things that has happened in their life that they can't understand, and they're thinking, why did God allow this? And they keep looking at it, and they can't trust him. My wife showed me a little thing, you know, while we were watching football last night, I say we. My wife sits next to me because she loves me, and you know, and when we have wonderful time together, and she sits on, you know, she gets in the word, she looks at different things and shops. You know, I mean, all you women could go to the mall right on your phone, right? I mean, it's awesome. You know, Amazon probably loves us because it's like, wow, okay, it's Christmas every day, right? Something's coming. But she's sitting there, and she showed me this thing. This big black snake had wrapped itself around a saw, and the saw cut the black snake ticked him off. So he started squeezing it. And the more he would squeeze it, the more it would cut him, and he'd get madder and madder until he died. And what was the caption? This is what happens when people don't let go of something that's happened in their past. They just got to hang on to it and they keep hanging on to it, and hanging on to it, and it hurts them more, and it hurts them more until it stops the plan of God in their life. So in other words, this afternoon, there's probably some good football games on, but some of of us might need to go home and watch the Disney movie Frozen (laughs) and sing the song, I'm letting it go, let it go, let it go, right? (laughs) You gotta let it go. Have you ever made a mistake in your life and you look back and go, why did I do that? I hurt people. I did this. I did that. And you got to let it go. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward. Jesus took care of it. Don't worry about it. He paid for it, right? See, the enemy knows that what you see is what you believe. You're made this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 So I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to go about 10 more minutes. But I got to do it because you got to leave with this. Then you'll be done with me for a while. <laughs> Unless of course like some of you who listen over and over again, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. Man, I told you you probably going to hear some of this again cuz I can't get away from it. It says this, we look not At the things, and this word look not means to compare and consider, we don't look at the things which are seen. But, you could say this, but we look at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, Greek word for temporal, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal, Greek definition of that word eternal, not subject to change. What you should put right in your Bible, right next to that verse, this tells me that all of us have two sets of eyes. You have the eyes of your spirit that looks at things that are not seen, and you have physical eyes that looks at things that are seen. Right? The eyes of your spirit. See, you and I are designed by God to walk in delegated authority in the name of Jesus and control the earth. That's what, we're, that's what the Bible says. Starting with every arena of your life. You're in high school, you're in middle school, why do you go to that school? God has a plan for you to change people's lives in that school. Why do you go to the college you go to? You are to be light. Why, are, why did you have a desire to go into this career or that career? You're to be light. Why do you live in Omaha, Nebraska? To be light here. Right? See, you control the earth as you walk in revelation knowledge, which comes by looking at things that you can't see. This is all beyond the natural. It's beyond the physical knowledge. See, God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, Josh talked the word all the time. Let the word of God govern your speech. But you shall meditate in the word of God day and night. Why? So that you will observe yourself doing all that's written in the word. Then, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Wow. Biblical meditation is a God-given process that causes what? A spiritual experience that enables you to completely, once and for all, permanently change your thinking. In other words, meditating in the Word of God gives you a mental breakthrough it is what gives you breakthrough thinking, which is, see, we don't think positively as Christians. We think all things are possible. We go way beyond positive. We go, no, the cup's not half, half full, right? My cup overflows even when I don't see any water in the cup because all things are possible and he's the one who fills the cup and, and causes it to overflow, So let me give you an example of what we're talking about, this revelation knowledge. Actually, I have it in my Bible. I'm just going to read it in the Amplified really quick. Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 17. In Ephesians 1, 17, it says this in the Amplified Classic. We can put that up on the screen. Paul's saying this under the unction of the Holy Spirit. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory That he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets and in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. That's what happens when the word of God opens up on the inside of you. It floods your spirit with light. The light on the inside of me, filled my heart with a greater knowledge than I had before. This is how you keep your eyes on Jesus. Because it's greater. You won't even want to look at natural things because what you're seeing on the inside is so much greater. This is talking about a higher level of learning. This is how you learn the word. It's not called learning, it's called discerning. You see it. This comes by revelation of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's my teacher. He teaches me on a higher level of truth, and he will teach all of us. When you, I said this to the men before. When you see what other people can't see, you can go where other people can't go. You can do what other people can't do, and the world needs you to do this to help them right? See, you believe what you see. Hang with me. Almost done. Almost ready to pause. You must meditate on God's word so that you're operating on what you believe instead of what you're seeing in the natural. Meditating in the word of God is the only thing that will take you from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. You must meditate in the word of God, right?